There are about a million things we can do to become better public speakers, better storytellers, better share what I'm thinking in my brain with other people out louders. <laughs> and there's no shortage of places to find them. You maybe can work on managing your anxiety. You can meditate and, and find ways to be grounded so that in the moment you're able to connect. You can work on your actual performance. How do you move? How do you sound? How do you work the stage? or the space you're in. You might work on the business side of things, finding more opportunities to be in front of people, finding more podcasts to be on, more conferences to speak at, and more folks to hear what you have to say. But there's one thing that I think is at the core of all of it, and it's getting really, really clear on what you have to say. And honestly, there's no better way to do that than to become a much better writer. Everybody can write the same way that everybody can speak. I believe that. Everyone is a writer. Everyone is a speaker. Everyone is a singer. It doesn't mean we want to listen to all of the things that people write, speak, and sing, but it does mean that we can all do it. We can all dance. We can all play. We can all laugh. We can all cry. And we can all speak. And in the same way, we can all write. Some of my favorite public speakers are really great writers. They know how to get to the heart of what's going on. They know how to describe something with just the right amount of detail. Not too much, but not too little. Enough that it causes you as an audience member to say, huh, I should really think about that. Or, wow, I've never thought of it that way before. It's not necessarily that they just get up there and they start talking and it comes out. It's that they're very good writers, they're good editors, and they know how to shape their argument. They know how to be persuasive. And so today, I thought we would take a break from talking about speaking and talk about writing. We're going to talk about why it's important to develop a daily writing habit, how it can help you not only with public speaking and storytelling, but also with doing Q&As, doing podcasts, doing media, and writing to your email list, writing social media posts, writing for your blog. Writing is the key to being a great speaker. I believe that. I'm a speaker first and a writer later, but I know that because I write, because I sit down every single day and force myself to write something, that it helps me in the moment when I want to say something to be able to do that. Now, I don't write a script every time that I'm speaking. I don't have a script for a lot of my speeches, actually, but I do know how to shape my argument. In the moment, if I was asked a question, it's not just my improvisational skills that I've formed over the years. It's my ability to be a writer and editor in the moment. And that is because every single day I sit down with pen, with paper, with keyboard, and I write. So we'll talk about on this episode why it's important to develop a writing habit, how it helps you actually clarify, distill, and amplify your voice and what you want to say in the world. We'll talk about a couple ways you might think about developing a writing habit, but honestly, you can probably just Google that and find your favorite one. But I'll tell you what I do to write every day, how I write much more powerful social media posts than a lot of folks out there are doing, and why I think this is the critical key that we should all be thinking about as we start to head out there to become public speakers, storytellers, and people who share their opinions with others. And it's a Wine and Wisdom Wednesday. Every week on the Wednesday episodes of the Mic Drop Moment, I share a little bit of wine with the wisdom that I'm spilling. On Mondays, I talk to a mentor and, uh, and we have a conversation and an interview. But on Wednesdays, it's just me and you and a bottle of wine. And today I have a very cool wine that's going to have a little bit of a history lesson for you. So let's dive into this episode talking about writing and also a little bit of wine. 
So you have a story to tell, and you wonder how to own the stage and give that killer speech that will captivate the masses. You don't just want to speak to them. You want to transform your audience. Welcome to the Mic Drop Moment. Bold conversations about public speaking, storytelling, and business that give you real-world valuable takeaways so you can craft a speech, a story, a business, and a life that the world can't stop talking about. It's time to find your mic drop moment. Here is your host, Mike Ganino. I'm going to start this off with probably a slightly unpopular opinion. We don't need anyone else to come and just give us information. Now, I'm not saying information isn't powerful. I'm not saying that knowledge doesn't help uh, improve the world and change things. What I'm saying is it's easy to find. We can go on the internet and we can search, we can Google, we can look up the five steps, the seven hacks, the nine top tips, the 11 habits. All of those things are easy to find. In fact, I mean, I wrote a book from the Dummy series that's full of all the things you can go do. It's not the reason we show up to events. It's not the reason we tune in to podcasts. I mean, I've decidedly on this show tried not to make it a tips show where each episode is just here's the five things you need to know or the seven things. I I get that that's popular and I get that sometimes people listen to those things, but I don't think that that's what changes the world. And I don't think that that is why people get on airplanes and travel across the country to conferences, spending their own time, spending their time away from family, spending money, taking company resources, buying programs is to just get the habits and tips. The reason that we do those things, the reasons that we buy programs, online courses, read books, travel across country to hear you speak is because we want to be transformed. It's because we know that we're in a place today and it's not the place we want to be. Or maybe we look around and we think, huh, could the grass be greener over there? Could it be better? We think maybe there is something on the other side. And we come to you with your books, with your programs, with your podcast, with your speeches, with your stories, with your Q&A, with your TV appearances, and we hope that you can help us learn something so we can be changed. It's not just the tips we need, and, and maybe we need those, but it's the call to action. It's the reason to move. I mean, that's actually what motivate means, is give reason to move. So we want to be motivated. We want to be shown that the current world could be better, and it could be better in this very specific way. That's why we show up, and that requires public speakers and storytellers, leaders, entrepreneurs, sales folks. It requires you to be a really good communicator. It requires you to be able to dive in with specificity about what the world looks like. There's no better way to work on that skill than by developing your writing habit. Now, if you're listening to this and you think, hey, Mike, the reason I want to be a storyteller and a public speaker is I really don't like writing, then don't worry. This is for you, too. I am not naturally a writer. In fact, I wrote a 386-page book. I was the editor of my high school newspaper. I was a journalism major. And I still, even after all of that, sitting there in a line signing a book, I was shocked the first time someone called me a writer. I mean, sure, I was an author, but was I a writer? I mean, I had written journalism articles and interviewed people and turned those into things. I had written blog posts of like the five things you need to know to do X, Y, and Z. And I wrote a book that was very practical and full of ideas. But was I a writer or just an author? 
And I thought about it that night in the hotel. I remember I was in Charleston, South Carolina, speaking at a conference, and it was my very first, uh, it was the, the week before the book came out, and we had a whole set of books, and I was signing them. And I remember sitting up in my room and thinking, am I a writer or am I just an author? And what's the difference? And I realized it felt a lot like public speaking to me. There are people who are just out there shilling information. They're just selling their tips and habits and tricks. And, and maybe a couple of people in the audience realize they want those tips and habits and tricks. But a lot of people don't change. They go from breakout room to breakout room and nothing really changes because they weren't motivated. They weren't given a reason to move. And I realized that's the difference between being an author and a writer. And that, to me, is also the difference between being a really transformative storyteller and public speaker and just someone who's in front of the room to sell information. Now, I believe that the ones who are going to have the long, interesting, really powerful, impactful careers, I mean, it's probably easy to figure out what I think. It's the writers. It's the public speakers and storytellers who really know how to communicate. And there's no better way to develop that, even if you are a speaker first, like I like to think of myself, the skill of writing is going to help you. Even if you never write a script for a speech, I've never written a script for a speech. I know for some folks who've worked with me in different places, that is going to be shocking, but I've never done that. Now, I give the same speech, roughly. I have the same opening story, closing story. I have the same bits in between, but I don't have it written down anywhere. I just kind of live it, and I know it in my bones. But I know that being a great writer, sitting down every day and thinking about what I think of the world, what I think of a specific prompt, what I see going on around me, it helps me be a better speaker. Because later, when I am on stage, all of those hours that I spent writing, all of those hours that I spent persuading myself really on paper to think a certain way, to force myself to say, why do I see it this way or that way? All of that work makes me better when I'm in the front of the room. All of that work makes me better when I am on a podcast being interviewed and I don't know what the questions are going to be or when I'm being interviewed by media and I don't know what they're going to ask. I'm able to come up with persuasive logical, thoughtful, moving answers because I've spent so much time with myself. I've spent so much time really organizing what I think. And I mean, let's talk about actually what happens with writing. There's this power that comes with writing better blog posts, better social posts. All of those things also get better because of a writing habit. So if you don't have a writing habit and you think I'm not a writer, you are. We all write. We all dance. We all sing. We all can do all of those things. Now, we may not be very good, and often we're not very good because we haven't spent much time learning how to be good, but writing is something I think we all can do. I've actually been amazed when I teach workshops. I've traveled and worked with, I mean, mechanics and folks who are working with their hands. I worked with in the fair industry, like the county and state fair industry for a while. I, I had a, a long string of gigs there that were just so wonderful and fulfilling. And I remember several of them, actually. We did these writing prompt activities. We did these kind of storytelling activities where I had them take a few prompts and write what came to mind. And then we worked on deepening those and turning those into something. And you would be amazed at the things that, that folks who probably saw themselves not as writers, they were people who were, who were plumbers and electricians who were working at these, these facilities, building things, craftspeople, and they probably wouldn't have called themselves writers. They probably would not have said, oh yeah, I write, and, and I'm sure a lot of them didn't have a daily writing habit. Many of them mentioned that, but when they sat down and they had the right prompts and they worked through 
and they were fo- fo- forced and focused and pushed to be specific in a very specific way, they were able to write words that move the room. People were crying. I remember specifically one event in Fresno where someone shared the story they wrote that was a true story about them, and the room was crying. A room full of grown men and women who work together every day in this fair property was crying. And this is from someone who's not a writer, but we were able to find the truth in it. And, and I think that's what writing helps us do as speakers. It helps us find our truth. It helps us establish our point of view. It helps us get better at making choices, which is really what being in front of the room is all about. It's what being an entrepreneur is all about, is making choices. And so creating a daily writing habit is one of the most powerful things. And, and maybe not even daily, maybe you do it weekly. I'll give you some ideas for that. But Honestly, you can Google it and find all the different tips and tricks out there. My job here is to encourage you to find a writing habit, to force yourself to do it. I was writing the other day. I posted something I wrote on social media, um, an image of me and some story about something specific. And um, two people wrote to me and said, ah, you're such a great writer. And even today still, like it's been it's been several years since that moment in Charleston, South Carolina, where I sat in my hotel room thinking, what is the difference between being an author and being a writer? And these two people wrote to me and said, oh my gosh, you're such a great writer. I wish I was as good as you. And, and my response was something like, well, you, you are, you're just not doing it probably. You're not trying. You're not being willing to be honest enough. You're not being willing to go deeper. You're not being willing to say what does that actually mean? Because for me, great writing on social, on blog posts, in books, uh, great writing if you're writing a speech for yourself or you're working on something is all about specificity. It's about looking and saying, what is what is really happening here? What is the human condition under this thing? I get asked a lot about how do I talk about difficult subjects in a speech? Maybe there's been some kind of uh, childhood trauma or assault or some other difficult thing someone's been through, and they don't maybe want to out the other person. And I said, well, then don't tell their story. Tell your story. Don't talk about what happened to you because what happened to you is honestly, and I'm sorry if this sounds cruel, is not that interesting. There's a lot of bad things and good things and strange things that happen to people every day. In fact, most of us, if there was something that happened to us, we can find someone else who went through a similar kind of thing. That's one of the joys, I think, of the human condition is we're not alone in this little experience. So when we're in front of people writing and speaking, it's not about having the most original thing that happened to you. It's about having a really clear way of describing what you made that mean, what you turned it into, how you pulled meaning from that thing. That's the people who are truly powerful. And writing is one of the most powerful ways to do that. So when I sit down to write, when I got these messages from these two folks who said, oh my gosh, I I wish I was as good of a writer as you. And I said, well, you are. So what are you doing to what are you doing to work on it? Because here's what I do every day. I do this, I do this and that. And I'll tell you a little bit about that after the the wine break here. But what was missing from some of their writing was the specificity. What was missing was the truth behind the human condition, not where you were and what happened and what you saw, but what you made that mean. When you walked away, what was the inner monologue? What was the thing you were thinking about and saying, huh, I wonder this, I wonder that, that is what's magical. That is what makes people stop and keep reading because that's where we can find ourselves. We might struggle to find ourselves in what happened to you unless the same thing happened to us. 
but we can almost always find ourselves in your interpretation of the human experience in what happened to you because then we can map it on top of experiences we've had even if they're not the same. Writing is one of the most powerful ways to start to get really, really good at that. Forcing yourself to sit down and write, creating a habit where you write and you don't judge it. It's not about being good or bad. You don't type 10 words and then delete 11 somehow. It's not about backspacing yourself into perfection and editing yourself into a wonderful opus. It's about just putting it down on paper. And in fact, I encourage people to write with pen and paper because it's a lot harder to backspace yourself in pen and paper. Just keep going forward. Keep making new choices. You can look back later and change it if you want to post it or share it. You could go tweak it. But to find that truth, that's what matters. It's the truth that is going to make anybody listen to it and say, huh, maybe this is also true for me. Or they might hear it and say, wow, that's exactly how I felt before. And someone else has as well. And then they lean in and they want to hear what else you have to say. They want to keep reading. They want to keep listening because you've connected with them. And that only happens if we can get really good at being specific and clear. And this is true even if you're a business writer. This isn't just true if you're doing like motivational woo-woo things out there. I'm sitting here in my brand new office in Los Angeles and I can see the Hollywood sign from where I'm at. And somewhere over there, I can tell there's the ocean. And so I I might get a little woo-woo over here in Los Angeles sometimes. But this isn't about being woo-woo. Even business writers. I I think some of my favorite business speakers on stages, people like Jay Baer, Kendra Hall, Scott Stratton, they're amazing writers. They're really good editors. They're very good at being able to communicate what they mean with the written word, which then supports them on stage. So even if you're going to be a business storyteller, a business speaker, being a great writer is a fundamental part of that. And I find that a lot of the people who struggle to keep coming up with new things, to keep adding specificity, to hit a new level in their speaking and storytelling, if they develop a writing habit, it starts to fix itself. So I think that's the power in writing. And I'll share with you after this wine break, uh, what are some of the things I do in my habit? And maybe you can adopt a few of those. But for now, I thought let's have a little wine break. Well, we're talking about writing, so that's kind of fun. And we also are coming to you live from Whittier, California. I guess not live. I'm live because I'm living and I'm recording this. You are not live because this is recorded and you're listening to it. Anyway, you get how this works. So coming to you currently live but not live while you're listening uh, from Whittier, California, which is home to uh, or was home to Whittier College and their their uh, mascot is also part of the wine. So the wine today is all themed. So let's go talk about wine. Don't miss a single mic drop. Subscribe to the mic drop moment. Whenever I think of writing, one of the things I think about a lot are poets. Poets uh, have a way with written word. They, they have extra rules. It reminds me a lot of improvisation, actually, where it feels pretty freeing to do improv and we think maybe they're winging it. But there's actually this set of rules that allows them to create. And I think that poets have uh, the same kind of interesting thing. Obviously, there's all kinds of poetry and what poetry is and isn't is largely uh, misunderstood, maybe. And it doesn't always end in beautiful little rhymes that we sing on Valentine's Day, Roses Are Red style. 
Poetry can be so different and take on lots of different meanings, but there are different rules to the different styles of poetry. And that's also similar to the wine today. So our wine today is coming to us from Cosentino Winery, and it is called The Poet. It's a Napa Valley winery, and this is called a Meritage. Now, you might be listening to this and think that you're a fancy, fancy French, okay? And you might hear Meritage, which is spelled M-E-R-I-T-A-G-E. And you might have heard some fancy person call it Meritage. But honey, it's Meritage, just like the word heritage. So Meritage is a blend. And it's specifically a blend in the style of uh, Bordeaux. So Bordeaux, France. This is the area over along the Atlantic Ocean with the river, and they make big, juicy, beautiful reds, but they also make great blends over there. When they started making them in the New World, in California specifically, they wanted to be able to give them a label. They wanted to give them a name so that people would know what they were. They wanted to also be able to control the quality of it so not just any old red blend could call itself a meritage and uh, and get cred. They wanted to say, like, we are doing this in a specific style, just like these blends from Bordeaux, France. And so meritage is actually a... Uh, a labeling rule. So in California, the Meritage Alliance is the one that says, hey, here are the specific rules for this. And they get to certify whether someone can call their wine that or not. And so the very first one ever to have that label, to have the Meritage label, the seal of approval, was the 1986 Cosentino, The Poet. They still make it today, obviously, The Poet. That's what I'm having here. You can get it for between 40 and 50 bucks. You could buy it directly from them. And Poet, I mean, how fun is that? Because we're talking about developing a writing style. Poets also always have a very specific point of view on the world, so we're also kind of talking about that. And then Whittier is home to Whittier College, and the poets are the are the mascot there. And the street right outside of my office is called Greenleaf, who is also a poet. Whittier was founded, the city I live in, was founded by Quakers, and several of them were poets. So there's the whole poetry like thing going on. Ah! It's a poetry blend, just like the Meritage. See what I did there? <laughs> I don't know. I crack myself up sitting here alone in a room looking out at the window at downtown LA and all the things, and here we are talking. Anyway, Cosentino, the poet. This is a blend. So the blends that are able to have the label Meritage, remember, it sounds like heritage, not Meritage. It's Meritage like heritage. These are all going to be made in like a more traditional Bordeaux-style blend. And so what that means is they have to have at least two of the five approved Bordeaux blend grapes. Those are Cabernet Sauvignon, Merlot, Petit Verdot, Cabernet Franc, and Malbec. This one, The Poet, has four of those. It's 53% Cab, 22% Merlot, 17% Petit Verdot, and 8% Cab Franc. So when you taste this, this is going to be a bigger wine. These Bordeaux wines are going to be bigger. But because it's made in this Bordeaux style, it's not going to have that same kind of big, fruity, fruity power bomb thing that a lot of California wines can have. And certainly a lot less than like a Napa cab would have. This is going to be a little more understated. In the world between old world and new world wines... New World is everything that's not kind of Europe, essentially. And those wines tend to be a little bit more fruit forward, especially the wines from California and Washington, uh, Washington State. And in Europe, they're going to be a little more refined, a little a little more, uh, you know, kind of old world style, if you will. And so with this, though, this California red, you're going to find that it is actually 
more similar to a European wine than a regular California wine would be. So here we've got, again, Cab Merlot, Petit Verdot, and Cab Franc in the bottle. Uh, when you taste this, you're getting like a very like kind of herbe de Provence. So it's herby, but not in like a cilantro kind of basil, oregano way, more in like a lavender and thyme kind of way. You're getting a little bit of that. Uh, so this is going to go really great with anything that's like roasted uh, that maybe has some of those same herbs in it. There's also like a really great note here of like coffee and vanilla. It has like a roasty bit, but a little bit sweet, not sweet, like actually sweet sugar, just like a sweet note that vanilla, uh, vanilla flavoring would give not sugar though. And then also in this one, I'm getting a lot of black fruit. So when we're describing fruit, sometimes we can, especially with reds and especially with bigger reds like this, we'll go between kind of red fruits, black fruits, and maybe like stewed or macerated fruits. And red fruits are going to be more of things you would find in a Pinot Noir. So you're going to see like cherries and strawberries and things like that. And then as you move up, you're getting black fruits like blackberries and plums and things like that. And that's what I'm finding here. It's a little bit of those, those more black and less red uh, fruits going on. It's silky, it's smooth, it's also complex. And so I think these uh, Meritages are very, very fun wines to try out. This one, again, is called Cosentino the Poet, going along with our theme of writing today. You could get it for 40 to 50 bucks at CosentinoWinery.com, or the, this is widely available, too, so you can find this anywhere. I definitely would say pick up a bottle and try it out one night. Like, maybe you're roasting something up. Maybe you're having something grilled that has some of those, like, herbe de Provence things in there, and uh, and see what you think of this Meritage. And also start saying it correctly, because if you say Meritage, Meritage, it's just, you know, like trying to get fancy. Like you go to Target and you get your Meritage. We don't need any of that. You could just call it Meritage. Remember, it rhymes with heritage. Let's go back to the show. Turn up the volume. Use your story. Wake up the world. This is the Mic Drop Moment. Hopefully at this point, I've convinced you that writing more often and making yourself write frequently is going to help you become a better public speaker, a better storyteller, a better Q&A answerer, Q answerer, <laughs> a better podcast guest, a better podcast host, a better anything you want to be. You'll probably get better at it because of writing. You'll be able to distill what you think, what you feel. You'll be able to persuade not only others, but also yourself. Writing is sometimes an argument with yourself to clarify exactly what you meant. Was it, was it uh, this or that? Was it this feeling or that feeling? Writing helps you go deeper if you let it. So here is uh, here's my writing habit. Again, you could go out there and you can search writing habits all over the internet. Uh, you can find all kinds of things. There's all kinds of blog posts and things about creating a writing habit, and all of them probably work. So uh, go do whatever you like, and here's what I do, and we'll see if this is helpful to you. Every day, I have time in my schedule where I write. So I have a journal. I do like the morning pages kind of journal. The The Artist Way from Julia Cameron taught me that. But sometimes that journal is just me ranting. It's just me kind of like clearing out whatever's in my head. And I, and I think there's value in that. So part of uh, what Julia Cameron in the classic The Artist Way book did is she talked about you should do morning pages. You write for three pages uh, really clearly. Although it was really funny. I was at a conference and someone was writing in the tiniest little journal I've ever seen, like like a slightly bigger than a matchbox, I think. And I said, oh, that's so cute. What are you doing? And she's like, my morning pages. And I thought, oh, I wonder if Julia Cameron 
uh, thought about having like a size <laughs> size idea for the journal because you can have like a really big journal, a little journal. Anyway, you write for three pages to kind of get out the muck. Uh, I also learned this habit before I found the artist way. I learned this from Ari Weinzweig at Zing Train and Zingerman's in Ann Arbor, Michigan. He talks about the power of journaling every day to kind of get everything out so you don't ruminate on it. I'm a big ruminator. I tend to relive things. I tend to have arguments over and over in my head. I tend to plan out everything I would have liked to have said and everything I'm ever going to say to anyone I ever meet. So writing and journaling is a very helpful way for me to like get it out. So I do that each day, but then I also have a writing habit where I write one more thing in my journal. So I either pick from a book of prompts, like writing prompts that I have, or I have a book called Improv for Writers, which I think is a really great book. I'll link it all in the show notes for you as well. Or I will... Uh, I will go through my phone and I will pick a random photo. I may not ever use this for social. I may not ever do anything. I'll pick a random photo and I'll try to find something in the photo that I want to write about. Most recently, just this week actually, I found a photo that I took when I was in Barcelona, Spain in Plaza Sante Felipe Neri. Uh, now it's me sounding fancy and <laughs> and saying words like meritage. Anyway, Plaza Sant Philip Neri. And basically, during uh, during Franco times in Spain, this specific place in Barcelona, which was under the rule of like the Catalans who were fighting really strongly with with uh, Franco, they it was an orphanage. It was a, a church orphanage, a Catholic church or Jesuit church orphanage, and it was bombed. And the bombs would drop into this area, and so the wall was all battered and and still standing. This this building is still standing, and it's beautiful. And so I had my photo taken there on this little photo shoot that I was on. And so I found that photo and I thought, huh, all the battered and all the ghosts that are probably there, all of the the people that were there trying to just live their life and also the people that were bombing it who were just trying to do their thing as well. Both sides think they're right. Both sides are very strongly tied to their own version of their lives as a protagonist. So I looked at this photo and I started thinking about what's in the photo and I thought about the bombed wall. I thought about how quiet it was that day. And then I just started writing. And I ended up writing about how we do that in life too, how we often feel um, feel under attack and, and sometimes we are the one attacking. And I wrote on that. And I eventually did decide to share that one on social, but I don't share every day. So photos are another way that I'll go through and I'll think of ways to do that. So, so far I either have my prompt book of just writing prompts. They also have like card decks as well. You can find those card decks too that people love. I have a book called Improv for Writers, which I will include in the show notes over at mikeganino.com slash the mic drop moment. You can find it there. And I also look through my own photos and I try to look, I don't try to think specifically like what was I feeling on that day because sometimes like that's not that relevant to the photo. What I think about is what's going on in this photo. Is there anything here? What's it, what's it saying? And then I try to see what do I feel about that? And one of the things that I do next as I write it is I try to go not into describing what was happening, not into the details of it, of I was in this plaza and I looked around. You see a lot of writing like that and 
I just think it's sometimes kind of vapid and boring and it doesn't really get to the, the heart of it. It doesn't really motivate someone to change. It doesn't give them a reason to move. So if you're writing to try to be a more compelling writer, to try to be a more compelling speaker and storyteller, it's about going underneath of that. So the story was that I was in this plaza and we were doing a photo shoot. The story underneath of that is that the walls were battered. And the story underneath of that is sometimes our walls get battered. And that is how I ended up writing a post that that went out and people liked and responded to. And that's often where my ideas and posts come from. I'll write something and then I'll say, what's the story under the story? How can I describe the moment? I'll look for the aha moments. This is one of the things I do when I help people with their own signature stories, their own signature talks, is we try to find what were the aha moments? What were the points where you had to change? What was the point where you looked at the world this way and then something happened and you had to look at the world in a new way? When was that? What did that look like? And what were you feeling in that moment? What was the inner monologue? What was going on? What were you saying to yourself? What were you saying to yourself before and after? Who did you know you needed to become? That's almost always the interesting thing. The interesting thing is not the plaza you're in, the sign you saw, the place you were hanging out in, the hammock you were in, the chair you bought. That's not interesting. What's interesting is all of the things going on in your head around it. Were you the kind of person who didn't deserve a chair like that? Well, wait a second. Tell us more about that. How did you become a person who didn't deserve a chair? And then how did you decide you were a person who deserved a chair? And what does deserving that chair mean to you today? I don't even know. I've never had that issue with a chair. But if you have, then feel free to take that and run with it and write about a chair. That idea is going to make not only your blogs, your social posts, uh, your written words, your email list better, it's also going to make you a better communicator on stage, on podcasts, on Q&A, on TV, on camera. Because in the moment, you're able to be more specific. When someone asks you a question, you don't just give a generic answer. You can dive deeper into what's going on, what might be going on for them. It's in our ability to make the audience feel seen that our strongest power lies. That's where the sticking power, the lasting power lies as well as communicators and public speakers and storytellers, entrepreneurs. It's being able to make that connection with an audience so they say, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I was thinking. That's exactly what I was worried about. So every day I write, I do my three pages of like get all the muck out. Then I go to the next phase, which is writing about something specific, either a prompt from a book, a prompt from the Improv for Writer book, or a photo prompt from something in my own collection. Sometimes it's not even a photo of me. It's like a random photo of a store or something I took and I just pick it. And I just really like speedy scroll through my phone and pick one. That's kind of my way of doing it, but you could do whatever you want. And, uh, and then I write. And then sometimes I do nothing with that. Sometimes I share it. But I always look at it and I say, if I, my last little thing on it is I look at it and I say, okay, what value would this bring to someone reading it? And I make sure that there's specificity. I make sure that it's really clear to them what I was going through. And that's how I do it. The, the other thing that I know after years of performing on stages and writing and writing stories is that I have a good idea for story structure as well, like what needs to go into it. And I've actually put together a guide if, if you want to become a better storyteller. And actually, there's a whole list of prompts. I have this guide of like the five stories that entrepreneurs should be able to tell, that entrepreneurs need to be able to tell. And these are the same whether you're an entrepreneur who's like selling selling you know, bread from a basket, whether you're a real estate agent selling property, or whether you're on stage as a, as a public speaker selling your ideas. These are all the same things. So the five stories you need to be able to tell, and each of those comes with a whole list of prompts to get you going. And then there's a whole section about 
how do you actually tell good stories? Because not every story is good. You know this. You've seen that. And so that guide is available to you. It's free. It's <laughs> I was supposed to write like a opt-in guide or a lead magnet. And those are usually like a one or two page thing. I ended up writing like a 20 page workbook. So it's yours for free. It has all of the prompts that'll help you with those five stories. And then it will have actually help you guide the stories, how to write them, how to put them together so people want to listen. You can go to MikeGanino.com slash StoryCraft to get that. MikeGanino.com slash StoryCraft and grab that guide and it will uh, help you start to tell those stories. So that's my lesson today. To be a better public speaker, you should work on becoming a better writer. When you learn to write, when you learn to persuade not only audiences, but yourself, when you learn to get clear on how you see the world, that's when things start to get really interesting. Anyway, thanks for listening to the show. As always, I know it is a, uh, a gift to have your time and your attention for the little bit we get to spend together each week. So thanks for listening. Uh, check out CosentinoWinery.com uh, to see their wine, The Poet, and uh, check out the show notes link for all of the links for the show for the wine, for the books I mentioned, uh, and for the Storycraft Guide. Have an awesome week. Go write an epic story for yourself. This episode has ended, but your journey doesn't have to. Head on over to MikeGanino.com. Access all the resources and links that Mike and his guests shared today. And keep on crafting your own story. That's MikeGanino.com. Your audience is waiting. Isn't it time to find your hashtag mic drop moment? 